Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's, let's start, start with Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For over 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death, and so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. You know how many people say they had dreams of their loved ones and they seemed so real, they were filled with love? Wouldn't it be great if we could create our own dreams, meet our loved ones on demand? I had an aha moment this past week, and I actually think we may be able to do this. On my other podcast, which is called We Don't Die Radio, which is all interviews, interviews with people about why they believe in the afterlife, I talked with a scientist, Dr. Garrett Yant from the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Our conversation was about consciousness, surviving death, consciousness, being able to leave our body as far as out-of-body experiences, astral projection, near-death experiences, remote viewing, 
He's also the author of the book, Why Vibes Matter, Understand Your Energy and How to Use It Wisely. And one of the things I knew about him was that he studied lucid dreaming and did a test with the Institute of Noetic Sciences on how people could be trained in lucid dreaming to be able to heal PTSD. And I was fascinated, and it just seemed to me, what if we could use lucid dreaming to connect with our loved ones? I can't find any information out there about somebody who's studying this and practicing it, but why not? So I want to play for you a few minutes of Dr. Yant talking about lucid dreaming and giving some advice about how to get into it. And then we'll talk more about maybe what we can do to purposely communicate with our own loved ones who have passed. And just so we're on the same page about lucid dreaming, lucid dreams are the ones that are so clear and so real. And the thing is, is you know you're dreaming. So if there's a monster in front of you and you know you're dreaming, you can either cast a magic wand and make them disappear or perhaps put yourself on a beach vacation somewhere sipping a margarita because you know you're dreaming and you can control your dreams. So here's Dr. Yant and myself. For me, lucid dreaming is where it's at because of the ability to basically access your subconscious mind and kind of grow through that. The study we did was involving folks with PTSD and their goal was to go in a dream and transform their trauma in the dream. This was done in uh, with Charlie Morley. He's a fantastic lucid dreaming teacher out of London. You can find him online, uh, charliemorley.com. You know, we'd seen results. He was doing workshops with people with PTSD for a long time and had great results. Got a Winston Churchill you know, fellowship award for it all. And so we said, oh, let's see if we can put a little science, you know, combine it with the science and see if we could get some data out of this rather than just people's testimonials. So we did a pilot study two years ago. It turned out incredibly well. Folks, nightmares uh, going away, PTSD symptoms going down, lasting a whole month, we checked again. So that was just published in the journal Traumatology. So I'm very happy it got published in that journal because it's a mainstream APA journal. It, it hopefully we get you know the this idea out there and people will research it more and understand more about the you know therapeutic potential of these lucid dreams. And so we actually just have now repeated that with a larger group with a con- randomized control group, you know, really formalized. So uh, stay tuned a couple of months. We should know what that how that turns out. Well, I'm excited by this. I was searching you out on YouTube today and seeing some of the videos. And there's so many people that have suffered a loss of a loved one. And I know what it's like to go through deep grief. And although it's uh, different than PTSD, I couldn't help but think, could lucid dreaming impact somehow and lessen grief. And we all, I feel like the only way to get to the other side of grief is straight through it. But there's <laughs> definitely things we can do to help alleviate the pain, to help us believe that our loved ones are still around. So I, I went to the ions.org website today and I 
booked a class in, in lucid dreaming, the four right. session class. Because I said, it's something I, I know about. I think I've had a few accidental lucid dreaming experiences mm-hmm. and they're so clear and I could go where I wanted to go and create yeah. what I wanted to create. But you know, what if I wanted to create my dad and give him a big hug and say, mm-hmm. dad, I know you're still with me. You know, I think it could really help with the grieving process. I agree 100%. I don't have any experience with that, and we haven't studied it. But from what I've, you know, learned from Charlie Morley as he's teaching these folks, is you know one thing he says that in his lineage is from Tibetan Buddhism. He says that the Buddhists say that in the lucid dream, so what you know they really recommend meditating in that state, and they say that you have seven times the mind power in the lucid dream. So your meditations will be seven times as powerful, and just like you're saying, the process of grieving could be, you know, working through that and transforming that trauma could be seven times better in there. But it, and it also fits with a lot of the work that these folks with PTSD did, because many of them did have PTSD from traumas and losses. And so they could, you know, ask to, as you saw, you can do whatever you want in the dream, um, but they could, yeah, ask to reconcile or ask to convey and share love, you know, their love with somebody and had an experience. So, I think that could be very powerful. I agree. Wow. Now I know it's a process, lucid dreaming, getting into that. But could you just give like a like a little sample? Is it something we go to bed at night and we wake up, set the alarm for three a.m. and then meditate? <laughs> I mean, what's what's yeah. the basic way in? There's yeah, happen? there's so many, so many ways, and I can I can for sure you tell you you know some of the some of the fun quick ones, um, and all this I learned from Charlie Morley, by the way. But the first thing he says to everybody is the very first step is increasing your dream recall. The more that you remember your dreams, you're, the better off you are. And it's kind of the idea of you just think about, okay, this is this waking state of consciousness. It's one kind of state. And the dream state is over here. Building bridges across those states, kind of increasing those ties. You just throw rope over there. Well, it works in the opposite direction. So the more that your waking state remembers your dream state, the more chances that in your dream state, you can remember your waking state. And so that's the first step. And so he just said, get a dream log, put a little pad of paper and pencil beside your bed. People like different ways. Somewhat people like to put it in their phones or just a voice recorder. I like to roll over and kind of don't even need to open my eyes, just scribble down something on the page and just a few words, because that's all it takes to like lock in that experience. And then importantly for this, you start doing it and even you wake up by the time you roll over, you you didn't remember any dreams or it's already around that corner. As you know, dreams can just be like, oh, I remember it, but it's right, right there. Um, Even on those days, still right down, could not recall my dream this morning or it just went around the corner because it builds that habit of your conscious mind is linking to your subconscious mind. So even if you don't remember the dream, just write down, wasn't able to remember my dream because that's still reinforcing the habit. So that's number one. Number two, I would say my favorite and what allowed me to get lucid the first time, I actually learned this from Carlos Castaneda, his book, Journey to Ixlan. And Charlie's confirmed this. So you, you give yourself kind of a self-hypnotic suggestion as you're falling asleep. And the one that I learned from Castaneda was, I will look at my hand in my dream tonight and say that over and over at least three times. Like just give yourself that certainty that I will look at my hand in my dream tonight. And then if you're lucky, 
in your dream, you'll be, you know, doing something and you'll see your hand and you'll be like, oh, I see my hand. I see my hand and I'm the one that said I'm going to see my hand in my dream and that can light up the lucidity. Um, so that worked for me. Now, Robert Wagner, who's going to teach the course that you just signed up for, who's also an awesome teacher, he adds a little bit to that technique for his self-hypnotic suggestion is, I will look at my hand tonight in my dream and I will realize that I'm dreaming. Like he just like finishes the whole thought, um, kind of the A goes to B and the B goes to C. So there's, I'd say those are the first two things to start with. Uh, how do you, how's that sound? It's that perfect. Easy enough? <laughs> it's, it sounds easy, but like anything, it takes practice. It takes commitment, right? Yeah. And journaling would be good. Journaling is good. I will throw in one more that's really fun too. It's called reality testing, which is during the day, like 10 times, just test your reality. Be like, am I dreaming right now? And Charlie would like, you pull your finger. And if your finger goes wrong, like that, oh, I'm dreaming. And then you're dreaming. But of course, almost all the time you do it. Like, oh, I'm not dreaming. But again, that's a building a habit throughout the day in your waking state of just questioning your reality. Then that habit will carry into your dream state You'll be dreaming and then you can question it and, and then find the answers. Yeah, you are dreaming. Yes, I signed up for a lucid dreaming course at ions.org. You don't have to sign up for a course, I don't think. There's lots of YouTube videos and people talking about lucid dreams and the different ways we could enter that state. But to enter that state, I know that I've experienced lucid dreams that are so clear and so real and I can direct what happens. Could you imagine being in a lucid dream, going into a park, sitting on a park bench, and inviting your loved one to sit with you? Now, is it your loved one? Is it your subconscious? I think it would provide a wonderful opportunity for our loved ones from the other side to work with us on this. I know one thing for sure if you have lots of experiences, loving experiences, being reunited with your loved one, that's going to make a huge difference on grief. If you want to hear that whole interview, by the way, you can easily go to wedontdie.com, click on the radio show page and listen to that there. Or of course, it's on YouTube. Just go to We Don't Die Radio and you'll find it. So in the next segment, I want to stick with lucid dreaming and then for the second half, you ask the question, Sandra, can you talk about Akashic Records and the afterlife? So that will be in the second half. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. 
and BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot shades. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. And in this segment, I want you to just play around with the idea of joining me on an experiment to see if we can successfully connect with our loved ones through lucid dreaming. Nobody's done this before, I don't think, or I can't find it. But just how real lucid dreaming is. So this first clip is from Charlie Morley who Dr. Yant spoke about. Just last week, scientists from four different laboratories proved for the first time ever that it was possible to engage live two-way communication between the waking state and the lucid dream while the dreamer was still sound asleep. A lucid dream is a dream in which you're actively aware of the fact you're dreaming as the dream is happening. So you're sound asleep, dreaming away, but in the dream you go, oh wow, this is all a dream. Then you can choose to direct or even control the dream at will, guiding your conscious mind through the depths of your unconscious. Lucid dreaming can be used to work with addictions, phobias, depression, confidence issues, treating PTSD, or just having fun by flying around an internal representation of your own psychology. Next, here's some words about lucid dreaming from Tim Post. When I was seven years old, I had this recurring nightmare. I dreamt about this huge and boundless space, and I was locked up in a tiny iron cage by the old and awful and scary-looking Snow White Witch. Now, in that dream, I felt truly terrified. So as soon as I woke up from the nightmare, um, in the middle of the night, I ran to my mom. I was crying. I woke her up, and I told her about my nightmare. And she would always reassure me of this simple fact that it was just a dream. 
And so feeling a bit more reassured and safe, I returned to sleep. But at one particular night, had the exact same nightmare. So suddenly I found myself again in that iron cage, holding on to the iron bars and looking to the old witch while remembering what my mother said to me just a few hours ago. Now, interestingly, that realization did not wake me up. So I knew that I was dreaming while still being in the dream. And I can still vividly recall how I looked around in the dream and had a sense of my own dream body, which felt incredibly real, while I knew that my real physical body was actually lying in bed asleep in some other place called waking life. It was a stunning, very profound experience. And at the same time, I didn't feel scared by the old witch because I knew she was just part of my dreaming mind. So I really felt empowered and free. Now, as a seven-year-old kid, I had no idea that these kinds of dreams in which you know that you are dreaming are scientifically referred to as lucid dreams. And that these lucid dreams seem to almost exclusively occur in a sleep stage that we call REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. And that's the stage in which we experience our most vivid, most immersive dreams. And so these are not your typical one-dimensional daydream-like uh, experiences uh, in which you're just visualizing something and you still have a sense of your own physical body and you're just imagining stuff. Now, in these REM sleep dreams, as would be true for our lucid dreams as well, we are provided with this fully immersive, three-dimensional, multi-sensory hallucinatory experience. So it feels like almost being absorbed into your imagination. You own this dream body that you can use and move around with, not just to look at your dream surroundings, but for example, touch the dream ground, its texture, its hardness. That's how real our dreams are each and every night in REM sleep. It's incredible. You could listen to dream music or to someone's voice in a dream. You could even smell or taste dream food. Wow. Now, uh, at the same time, the lucid dream provides for limitless flexibility as our dreaming mind is conti continuously listening to and giving shape to our thoughts and intentions while we are dreaming. And so once you turn lucid in a dream, you could consciously and reflectively refocus your thoughts and intentions in order to reshape the entire dream and dream about anything that you can imagine while you are dreaming. And so you could allow an entire dream city to appear, or your favorite sports car, or you could give yourself any kind of superhero power that you can imagine, like flying or walking through walls. Um, or you can just consciously decide to explore the dream while knowing that it is a dream and just go to the left and, or go to the right and just leave the dream as it is. Now, lastly, that the lucid dream is a learnable skill. So about 20% of the general population of us has at least one spontaneous lucid dream each month. But now through scientific study, there are various cognitive techniques that anyone can learn to apply in order to have these lucid dreams deliberately. And so now today, there are thousands and thousands of lucid dreamers all over the world who are practicing lucid dreaming to have these extraordinary dream experiences that are impossible or very unlikely according to our ordinary waking life social and physical standards. So for example, their exciting flying dream in which they are a superhero and fly above the clouds or this exhilarating adventure in which they are the main character in their own blockbuster dream movie or a romantic dream. And of course, there are many other lucid dreams that you can think of because anything is possible in a lucid dream, right? Kind of incredible. Now, if you take a closer look at these three lucid dream features, and you would kind of add them up, you might come to see that the lucid dream provides for this fully immersive virtual simulator. Right? Now, that functional description is not far from what scientists believe to be the function of our ordinary REM sleep dreams. Although, more precisely, 
the function of threat simulation and its related memory consolidation. So for example, in the old days, when we would encounter this dangerous bear uh, in waking life, uh, we would be frightened and hopefully be able to survive. Then that following night, our dreaming mind would pick up on those waking life threats, simulate those in our dreams in order for our dreaming mind to reinforce on the neural circuits that are involved with the schemas and the expectations and the scripts that we need to effectively survive the next waking life threat the following day when we would encounter a slightly different bear in a slightly different circumstance. Now, in modern days, most people don't um, dream about dangerous bear encounters anymore. We would dream about an angry boss encounter or a family member or a friend or whatever that we need to cope with in order to socially survive. And through that same process, our dreaming mind picks up on those social threats and uh, simulate those in our dreams in order to reinforce those related schemas and scripts and so on. Now, imagine turning lucid in those dreams and to consciously and reflectively enhance that function of psychological development and use the flexibility of the lucid dream to experiment with improved behavior to learn from in the lucid dream. So that then the next day when you would wake up, you could implement those learning experiences and improve your waking life circumstances from what you have learned and experimented with in your lucid dream to improve your psychological well-being. Now, the emerging science of lucid dreaming has now generated evidence to suggest just that. That lucid dreaming can be used as an incredibly valuable tool to enhance psychological development and is now invested into various research areas like nightmare treatment, uh, mental rehearsal, creative problem solving. And so as a lucid dream practitioner myself, as a researcher and a trainer, I teach people from all over the world how to have and apply these lucid dreams and really believe that the application of lucid dreaming is an idea that is worth spreading today. Now, scientists were initially quite skeptical about this phenomenon of lucid dreams. They said, well, this is impossible. By definition, dreams lack this reflective awareness, right? That therefore, they are dreams. So this, can just not, this cannot be possible. Others said, well, perhaps the lucid dream is just an ordinary dream in which we merely dream about being lucid, which is something different, right? Others said, well, and still say today actually, well, ordinary REM sleep just cannot allow for lucidity, so the lucid dream must be some kind of a hybrid state of consciousness in which one part of the brain is awake while the other part is uh, dreaming, or some brief awakening from sleep in which our mind still lingers a bit in REM sleep and through that we could know that we are dreaming. You can find the rest of that talk on YouTube. Just type in Tim post. If anything's possible, we can use it to connect with our loved ones. I really believe we can. So here is Robert Wagner. I taught myself how to lucid dream in 1975, so about five or six years before the scientific evidence came out. And the technique I used, I was reading a book by Carlos Castaneda and his shamanic teacher, Don Juan, said he could find his hands in the dream state and realize he was dreaming. But there really wasn't a technique, and, and so I just invented my own, and, and this is what I did. Each night before I'd go to sleep, I'd just look at the palm of my hands while mentally telling myself in my mind over and over, tonight in my dreams, I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. Tonight in my dreams, I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. And I would just say that over and over, because what I was doing was um, using the sight of my hands as, as kind of a stimulus to make me realize, oh, this is a dream. Anyway, I do it for five minutes, fall asleep. 
on the third night of doing this practice, I was walking through my high school hallway, and all of a sudden, just like they're spring-loaded, my hands popped right in front of my face, and I thought, oh, crap, this is my hands. This is a dream. And it was so incredible. I had the most incredible lucid dream. And then after that, when I might be climbing a ladder, I'd see my hands and realize, oh, this is a dream. Or I might be opening a door and see my hands and I'd realize, oh, this is a dream. But I, I made the sight of my hands the stimulus that would kickstart my mind and make me think, oh, this is a dream. So that's how I started out. If you don't care for that, you can do something just this, this simple. And this is what the old timers used to do back before we got to all these new techniques. They would just use the power of suggestion. So before they'd go to sleep, they'd just tell themselves, tonight in my dreams, I'll be more critically aware. And when I experience something strange, I'll realize this must be a dream. So tonight in my dreams, I'll be more critically aware. When I experience something strange, I'll realize this is a dream. Because that's what we lack in most of our dreams. You know, we'll, we'll be driving a car, then we're on a motorcycle, then we're on a bike, then we're on a skateboard, and we just kind of accept whatever goes along. We, we lose kind of all sense of critical awareness. And so when you tell yourself before sleep, hey, tonight, I'm going to be more critically aware. And when I experience something strange, I'm going to realize this has to be a dream. So back in the day, you know, back in the 1980s, when lucid dreaming became pretty hot, most of the people became lucidly aware just by using the power of suggestion. So do you want to investigate this with me? Try lucid dreaming and invite in our loved ones. I think it would be a fantastic experiment. Remember, if you can dream it, you can do it. After the break, we're going to get back into the afterlife and talk about the Akashic Records. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God, 
my friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. And in this segment, I'd like to talk about the Akashic Records. In simple terms, what the Akashic Records are is there is a place you can access with your mind that has all bits of knowledge, everything that's ever happened and that will ever happen. Where do the Akashic Records come from? Back in the late 19th century, there was a huge theosophical movement going on. A woman by the name of Helena Blavatsky claimed that Tibetan monks said that all records could be found in something called the Akasha, or the Akasa, meaning in Sanskrit, astral light. So she coined the word, and throughout the past 150 plus years, people built upon that. In fact, in biblical scriptures, it is said that a record of every life is kept in heaven. Our current day use of the Akashic record probably comes from mystic Edgar Cayce, who studied it, wrote about it, claimed that there is a storehouse of information in a non-physical plane of existence, which maintains a record of every soul's past, present, and future. And he was one of the best psychic readers of all time. I'd like you to hear some words now from our resident in the afterlife, Eric who works through the trance medium of Scott Milligan when he was asked on one of our Fridays about the Akashic Records. When you get a reading from a medium, it's generally given about a memory. When we return to spirit, do we regain the full memory of everything that's happened in our lifetime? For example, when I was a young boy, I actually burnt my hand because it stuck to the oven door. I was told about this, but I do not remember it. 
So when I come back to spirit, will I be able to have access to that memory? And also, is that associated with the Akashic records containing, we're told, contain everything that's ever gone on before us? Are the Akashic records attached to our memory in spirit? Well, my friend, may I say this to you? Your world has named some wonderful things that may have been misinterpreted. You speak of the Akashic records. We speak of the halls of learning, where memory is of light. And therefore, if you wish to step into the light, you will absorb the memory, not only of past events, but attain knowledge that may further the development of who you are. Now, when one speaks of trauma or traumatic memory, for instance, that you speak of that your hand was uh, severely injured, and therefore it is a traumatic memory that your mind has then absorbed and is hidden from you, as it serves no purpose to bring it back to the consciousness of who you are. When you come to our side of life, yes, you do have clarity, and others of my world may remind you of happy memories like one does in your world when you meet someone who you haven't seen for many days. You may reminisce of times where you gaggled like goosets and felt the pain of laughter. We must also consider those who have certain ailments that may confuse the mind and injure the brain. And therefore, my friend, that when one has these set conditions, when they come to our side of life, the fog lifts and they start to see things more clearly. Even though they have walked between our worlds for many days prior to their transition to our side of life, the mental blocks that people have within your world can come from the physical brain that may not be in harmony with the mind. And therefore, my friend, when the brain dies and die it will, the memories and the mind will carry on. But your soul that is transforming will say, this has no meaning for me now. And therefore, it will be shared within the halls of learning so others can be educated who may not have walked your path or walked within the time of your path. For instance, my dear boy, when you come to our side of life and we will have a conversation, you can see the memory of who I am and what has led me to this point. You may see the areas of my life that I have forgotten myself, sides of my nature, which I have to say only was pleasing when I breathed your world. That doesn't please me no more. So, my friend, it is down to the individual that I ask you, what would be the purpose for you to remember a traumatic experience that I thank God how easy got to be, but you have forgotten? So, my dear boy, once again, many things have been said that can describe one thing, the halls of learning is like the library of your world, but is not of dusty and tattered paper. It is of column of light. 
light speaks to all, no matter what language you know. I myself had a fascinating conversation with a gentleman known as Howard Carter, but only through the memory of the halls of learning, to see the memory of one discovering something that was lost or was found at the most perfect time. There are great conversations for all of you. You will survive death to see those conversations through. Is that pleasing for you, my dear boy? Could I just expand on one part? So do I presume my memories as they happen instantly go into the Hall of Learning? So as it happens here on Earth, you have a, shall we say, a recording of it in spirit. As it happens, it's recorded. Or do I just bring them back with me? Not necessarily, my boy. But remember, there is your family that have seen certain events of yours and are now in our world. And therefore, they have shared their experiences if they wish. So we are already understanding and getting to know you prior to anyone's arrival. But if the memory was known by many minds, other minds may wish to share it before you arrive. If there is a time of traumatic, then we are called to serve and support where we can. And therefore, we see the said event, and we may share it with elders of my world so that we can understand further certain decisions that individuals have made. You have not got someone who sits on the cricket chair with parchment paper writing the story of your life. But, my friend, your soul is attaining. And therefore, when you come to our side of life, when you come through the great experience of death, we will know who you are. And as one becomes more comfortable to the vibration you have entered, then the first to understand what has occurred begins. And part of that, my friend, is that we will take you to the place called the Halls of Learning and introduce it to you. Like when you were a child, you were introduced to the library. This is where your knowledge will come from. This is what was whispered to you many years ago. There will be people of our world that will assist you through the process. But to understand this, that your mentor, who walks with you, knows who you are, has already started to allow others to get to understand you. So, my friend, I say this, not necessarily there is a copy of who you are, but people whisper in our world. And it helps for all people who hear these whispers to fall even more deeply in love with you. Is that more pleasing for you? Yes, thank you, Eric. As always, absolutely fascinating. I really appreciate you giving me that information. Well, my dear boy, I'm only reminding you what you already know, yes, that you, you yourself is gaining knowledge 
that will aid others. If I could say this to you, and let me extend upon this. If you yourself or anyone who accepts these words has a curiosity or a fascination with history, for instance, the great boat that sank, people in our world may have memories, and you may wish to accept those memories so that you can understand certain mysteries today which will be understood tomorrow. But the information that may be gained by one who fell on that event, it is forgotten by them, but stored in the light which you can step into and understand certain events that led up to the great ship that now lives at the core of the ocean. People may wish to know who I was, and I would say it is a terribly laborious story. But if it is curious to you, you may know it. But I say, don't judge for the shadow of who I was, but judge for the person I am now. But remember, the messenger is not important. The message is of importance. If that's pleasing for you, my dear boy, let us move along. Thank you. Interesting words. When we come back from the break, I want you to hear another perspective of these Akashic records or a library through John J. Davis, who had had a near-death experience when he was clinically dead for seven minutes. So let's go to the break and we'll hear that story. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. So we heard about the halls of learning from the other side, and I thought now it might be nice to hear about these halls of learning from someone who has had a near-death experience. I interviewed John J. Davis back, way back actually, on episode 11. You can hear the entire story there. He was dead for seven minutes, and he has one of the most descriptive near-death experiences that I've ever heard. I won't play the whole thing now, just about him sharing about the library, as he calls it, and where to learn, but he had a guide that took him to many, many places. John doesn't have a book. He's not out for fame and fortune. He's just a guy with a story. So here is John J. Davis. This was the biggest building that I saw so far. It was huge, long, rectangle, gigantic building. And it only had columns in the front. No columns on the side, just columns in the front. And it looked like what we would call the Supreme Court building. Columns in the front and all these steps leading up to the, up to the entrance. So we walked in and it was a library, just an extraordinarily large, humongous library that had bookshelves, maybe 20 feet high, full of different books. So anything you wanted to learn, whether it was about science or music or art or literature, everything was in this library. And that's when I started to realize that all of us were hardwired from God to want to learn. We always want to learn new things. And we love learning things here on earth. But we also love learning things on the other side. So that whole process of learning and developing and growing 
goes on for eternity. So it makes sense that there would be an unlimited amount of knowledge out there that you could spend eternity learning. So that was one of the things about the other side that they told me that we learn continually. It's and so much to learn that people just love to learn. And that's what this building was. There were people everywhere. People were sitting at tables studying. Some people were talking. Some people were looking at books for looking in the shelves for different books. And off to the left, my guy took me to on the left hand side of the building of this library. There were um, rooms and they were they were rooms like when we go to a library here and you can reserve a room like a study room. That's kind of what these looked like. They were about the size of of an average master bedroom. So he took me over to one of them and there was a woman inside. She had her back to me. She had jet black hair that went down to her waist and she was wearing kind of a kind of a purplish maroon type of a gown. And she was watching what we would call now was a flat screen TV, a big one, maybe 50 or 60 inches of of a flat screen TV. And she was watching a point or she was watching a period of history on Earth that happened 200 years ago. And she was watching a battle that had taken place between the Native American Plains tribes and the U.S. Cavalry. And she was watching a battle that had really taken place. And I remember thinking to myself, how is it possible that she could be watching a battle that happened 200 years ago as it really happened? We didn't have video recorders back then. I don't think we even really had much of a camera back then. And my guide said, everything gets recorded. And that blew my mind. I, I still, to this day, don't understand how everything can be recorded, but it is. So it, it's it's just got to be a God thing and I, that I, I don't. And this, at this level of my development, I have no idea how to explain how that's possible, but it is. And she was watching this, and that's when I started to realize also that anything that you want to learn about, you can go to these rooms in this library and and watch it. One of the things I want to do when I get back is I am a history buff. I love history. And one thing I want to do is go back to one of those those rooms in the library, and I want to watch what happened on D-Day in June of 1944 during World War II, just because I love history. And I I can't wait to get back to be able to do that and to learn so much more and, and to continue to keep that whole that whole interest of learning growing. So I thought that was fantastic. The next place he took me to was a castle. And it looked just like a castle that you would have in medieval England. And what he told me was that everything that is on earth now is on the other side first. And I didn't understand what that meant at the time. But every kind of a building that's here on earth had come from the other side. It was kind of infused into the architects and the builders. So this was a castle that existed on Earth. And the reason being is if you wanted to learn about that particular era of Earth's history during medieval Europe, you could go to this place and see what the buildings actually looked like. 
not only could you just read about it or see it on video, you could actually go and see tangibly what they were like. And this building was huge, made out of stone, just beautiful building. So we walked in and the first thing I noticed was a red carpet that was on the floor of the whole castle all the way through it. And on the left and to my right were these huge tall walls. And on the walls were life-size paintings of kings and queens, princesses and princes and dukes and everyone who had lived in that castle during that time period of Earth's history. So what you could do, you could walk into the castle, you could look over these paintings and see, oh, that's what King George looked like. They were um, accurate p paintings of what they looked like and what they wore. In front of each painting was a podium, and on the podium was a book. And what that book was, it was about that person's lifetime during that period in Earth's history. So if you wanted to learn about them, you could go to this castle, you could walk in, you could see what they looked like, and you could read about them on these books. Well, then something else happened that I still regret to this day, all these years later. You know how castles had those round staircases? And as I looked to my right, there was a woman who was walking down the staircase. And she had strawberry blonde hair, and she was wearing kind of a pinkish kind of a gown. And she walked up to me, and she said, Is there anything I can help you find? You know what I said to her? The Tell stupidest me. thing I could ever have said. I said, Oh, no thanks. I'm just looking. How could I be so dumb to say that when I could have asked this girl anything? You know, who are you? Where am I? What's going on? Well, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. So my guide explained to me what she loves to do on the other side is what we would call being a historian, someone who loves that period of Earth's history. So again, the whole idea of wanting to learn, you could come to a place like this and you could talk to this girl who is an expert in that particular era of Earth's history. And I just thought that was fantastic. I loved knowing that not only can you learn, but you can go talk to someone who's like a professor about that era of Earth's history. I only had one thing after this or, or after that, and then my story um, ends. But my guide took me to a field, and it was the most beautiful wildflower field I've ever seen. Rolling hills, the sun was out, it was a perfect day, slight breeze, and then my guide left. And in front of me, a gentleman, a man showed up. And my very first impression was that it was Jesus. He didn't tell me who he was. I just knew it was him. And I could see he was wearing a white robe. And I could see his hands. I could see his legs and his feet. And he had golden colored sandals on that wrapped up his calves. And he was wearing a kind of like a, a golden sash around his waist. And I didn't have any time to think, any time to say anything, but he spoke to me and he said, you must tell them there is no death. And I couldn't see him. He was different than everybody else I saw. Everybody else looks like just you and I look, but he was so bright coming out of his face that I couldn't see his features. There was so much light. So when he said that, 
you must tell them there is no death. Immediately, I was back in my body in the operating room, and I knew that he had given me this assignment that what they showed me on my near-death experience wasn't for me. It's for everybody else who would listen to me. And my job was to do whatever I could to share my story and to help others understand that there really is no death. No one really dies. We just lose them temporarily to the other side, but they're in another place. And the message that they want me to share is one of hope, to never give up hope. Your loved ones are always there with you. And when you finish your lifetime, you'll be reunited with them. So give your life everything you've got, make it count, do your best, never give up, and always be hopeful. I couldn't think of any better words to leave you with on this episode today than those words from John. I want to remind you our home base is wedontdie.com, where if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can join our Facebook group. You'll see the tab right at the top of the page. It's not very personal that I just keep talking to you and you can't talk back. But Facebook is a good way to get a hold of me. Also, you can join one of our free Sunday gatherings. We are now going into our fourth year, which is crazy. A medium demonstration included in everyone. And yes, it's free. One of my favorite expressions these days is, there's more to life than meets the eye, and there's more to you than you know. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I sincerely want to thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. 
Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.